0: Log Talk Radio.
1: And that, ladies and gentlemen, means that this is a special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. This is the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, episode number 600, as we will preview that big moment that's going to start this weekend. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight. This show does talk about the heart and passion of American soccer by me, our clubs, leagues, players, and our national teams and some of the greatest moments in American soccer history. Of course, you can get my daily reading over at beyondthe90.substack.com, as well as locally on the New York Red Bulls at the Red Bull News Network. But as always, this show is dedicated to American soccer. The chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll have the uh, opportunity to answer it to the best of my abilities. A hundred... And nine amateur clubs representing 23 out of the 50 states, also the District of Columbia here in the United States of America, as once again, before we get to that magical final of the 2023 Open Cup, qualification begins, already has begun for the 2024 US Open Cup. And when you see the list of clubs representing some of these states like Florida, California, Texas, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and so on and so on to give their opportunities to get an opportunity, ...against each other in their respective regions for the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. Once qualified for the 2024 Open Cup, they will begin the opening round. And when the schedule comes out from U.S. Soccer, here the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show will be there to give you the schedule for all rounds proper. And at the same time, who will be joining these amateur sides along with the two national leagues in the United Soccer Leagues League 2 and the National Premier Soccer League. We already have clubs that have either already qualified for the first round or have already been their invitation to the first round of the US Open Cup. And once again, it's just a lot of fun to see these clubs battling, fighting, scratching, clawing their way to get to the next level and already As we've already had on this show, Mesoamerica FC, your U.S. Adult Soccer Association champions of 2023, the 2023 spring season champions of the UPSL AS Frenzy, the USL League 2 2023 champions Ballard FC, and the uh, the, uh, conference winner, divisional winner, representing one of the conferences in the USL League Two, and that is Texas United. They are coming into the U.S. Open Cup for the first time and qualifying through the playoffs in the National Premier Soccer League when they reached the quarterfinals. Westchester United, FC Motown, Southern States FC, Steel City FC, Crossfire Redmond Red Team, El Farolito, and the MPSL runners up in the championship final the FC and the championship holders in Tulsa Athletic the eight clubs that will be entering the US Open Cup in the opening round already two amateur teams advancing 11 spots are now up for grabs through the four rounds of qualification in the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. This week, it is an international calendar break week, mostly for all the leagues in the top level of their respective countries. For South America Conme Bowl, it is the beginning of World Cup qualifying. Here in CONCACAF, it is the Nation's League group stage matches that will start. But domestically, for the amateur teams, it will start off will Open Cup qualification for 2024. The opening round schedule will be Saturday, September 9th, Sunday, September the 10th. Round 2 will begin after the Open Cup Championship Final between Miami and Houston on Saturday, September the 30th and Sunday, October the 1st. And then the third round of Open Cup qualifying on Saturday, October the 21st and Sunday, October the 22nd. And then finally, the last round, which will be the weekend before the Thanksgiving holiday break, November the 18th, Saturday and November the 19th on Sunday, and we will see which 11 clubs will join Mesoamerica FC and USL League 2 to get into that opening round of the US Open Cup. And once we have the respective clubs in USL League 2 and NPSL join those 13 amateurs, then of course we all know round one draw will be underway expect it to be done through their twitter account at open cup on x or on twitter it should be exciting and this is the time ladies and gentlemen this is the time and the moment where the amateur clubs who normally do not get talked about have their moment under the spotlight. This is now their time to shine. This is their moment to get on the podium, which it is the soccer pitch or the football pitch, and show all of us why they want one of 11 spots available. To enter the first round proper of the U.S. Open Cup. But before they even play that match, they must attempt to go through four rounds of qualification. And to reach the first round draw, that's when you know you've made it. When your name is mentioned in that opening round draw before You play a single second of Open Cup football. And that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just the teams from MLS who automatically go in. It's not just the clubs from USL Championship, USL League One, NISA, or MLS Next Pro that have to battle for those opening minutes no matter where they start in the tournament. This is an opportunity for these amateur sides. Some you may know through history winning this tournament. Some you may not know. You're just learning about them tonight. And tonight, two of those clubs took the invitation to come on my show. And don't worry. Because there will be more to preview the second round of Open Cup qualification. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Opening round right now, it is filled with 21 matches in the first qualification round. And those clubs that have a first round bye... To the second round, they will await either their opponents or they already have an opponent or whoever wins their matches in the first round will face each other in the next round. 44 matches in the second qualifying round, 22 matches in the third qualification round, and finally 11 matches in the final round of qualifying for the Open Cup. Everything matters. It's not just the league seasons. It matters to all of us that wants to see David knock out Goliath. But at the same time, you have a club that wants to be a part of this, that wants to get on that run. What Sacramento Republic did last year Year, 2022, falling to Orlando City in the final, unfortunately, to make it a 3-0 loss to the champions, Orlando City. There is now messy magic in the Open Cup that started in the semifinal that will be coming in the final at the end of this month on Wednesday, September the 27th. And now these clubs have an opportunity to get that chance, whether it be Bleacher Report on their YouTube channel, CBS Sports, Galazzo Network, hopefully Paramount Plus website and app to show every single match of every single round. That is the hope that we have. That is the hope that we want to see that these clubs get their day in the sun not just not just for their supporters but for all of us who love this tournament all of us that wants to have this tournament mean something because it does do you love it? I love it. Everything is great and good about the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. If it wasn't that great, why would they attach Lamar Hunt's name to this tournament? Because of his dedication, not just to the National Football League, But for his dedication to the world's favorite game, what he has built, what he has done, the family of Lamar Hunt, still a part of the fabric of this game, what he has done in Kansas City, what he has done in Dallas, what he has done in in Columbus, it has been tremendous. And all you can say is that when we get through all four rounds of qualification, going to be the biggest celebration you'll ever see from your community, your town, your city that is normally not a professional side to qualify for the greatest cup competition. In the United States, and that is the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Let's move on and get ready. My first guest tonight, this gentleman is the head coach of Zum Schneider FC 03 in the Cosmopolitan League of New York City in the EPSL. This is Mr. Alex, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly, Berscheid of Zum Schneider FC 03. Alex, good evening and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you? Very well. Welcome to the show. And uh, this must be a very big moment for you and for the club as you are preparing to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup and get through all four rounds.
0: Absolutely. Most prestigious uh, trophy and actually the one and only possibility for an amateur club to uh, mingle with the pros if you get far into the competition. So this is definitely exciting and uh probably uh one of the reasons uh why some of the boys are on board this season. Uh, it's very exciting. We 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 were joking and and training the other day about like hey, uh the road to playing against Messi. <laughs> uh definitely exciting to be able to um in a in an environment where you don't have uh, promotion and relegation. Uh, to be able, as an amateur club, to to go ahead and uh, play potentially against pro clubs if we get out of qualifying.
1: Absolutely. For those of us that are not familiar, now I am from New York City, so I'm aware of where you play your matches at on Roosevelt Island, of course. It is a... Uh, Everyone lives on Roosevelt Island. You either have to drive there from Queens, you have to take the tram near the 59th Street Bridge slash Bridge. Now, of course, there's a subway station. The F train stops there finally. After how many years, there's never been a subway station. But for those that are not familiar with the club, where did it begin? How did it begin? And why Roosevelt Island to play your home matches?
0: All right. So first of all, um, the F train has always been stopping there. Uh, We do use the tram. We do go by car. We do use the subway. Unfortunately, right now, currently, funny enough, you should mention that the F train doesn't stop there. Uh, The service is disrupted, but uh, that's going to be tough for this uh, fall season. In any case, uh, Roosevelt Island uh, has been our home for quite a while. A, A lot of the guys uh, on the team or living on the island or from the island and we were based on the island for many many years uh, i go back uh, in history for quite a few years uh, playing on volsville island and uh, but uh, the club itself is named after a bar restaurant in the east village and that's where the uh, whole thing started the origins of our club is literally being a bar team a friend of mine sylvester schneider um owned the Jim Schneider FC, which unfortunately fell victim to the uh, pandemic and he closed doors. He's thinking about reopening later this year or beginning of next year. He's throwing a huge Oktoberfest party in in New York in Brooklyn this year. He's done the same thing last year, sort of like a pop-up event. But in any case, uh, we basically got together and uh, had beers and good food, German, German bar and restaurant. And um, Sylvester and I were just thinking about starting just a bar team and, uh, I pretty much put a pamphlet on the uh, man's um, bathroom door, (laughs) as simple as that. I rented a pitch nearby at the East River. It was walking distance, and literally, I think, 20, 25 guys signed themselves in with their email and phone number at the time, and uh, we got together and and just kicked the ball around. Um, Very soon after that, we moved toward um, signing up the team for one of those small-sided leagues. There's plenty of them. Nowadays there's the uh, prestigious Bowery League. Uh, At the time it was Metro Soccer, and uh, we were I think it was like a seven-a-side or so that we started with. Pretty quickly we wanted to become better, uh, and it was clear that some guys were better than others. So we started a second team and a third team. And uh, me being German, I guess that was a little bit uh, a little too well organized, and it kind of snowballed. At some point we had eight or nine teams. And um, only a few years after that did we sign up actually for the uh, Cosmopolitan League and started our 11th side uh, uh, team, which then evolved into yet another three teams, which by now is the EPSL team, and then our first division CSL team, Cosmopolitan Soccer League, and EPSL is the Eastern Premier Soccer League, which sprung out of the cosmopolitan league um the cosmopolitan league i might uh, add is the oldest american soccer league there is and um pretty much one of the best leagues in the area and the epsl was then the premier league that sprung out of that and is a level above that and then just a level below the pro level and that's pretty much there is a promotion and relegation system uh Within these leagues, so the EPSL has certain uh, feeder leagues that uh, feed into the EPSL. Eventually, the EPSL is then split up into a uh, four-conference um, format with a championship played at the end of the season. So we have teams in the Cosmopolitan League and in the EPSL, but this is all basically started in the uh, in the bar in the East Village, and. Um, by guys signing up uh, at a bathroom door. That was in 2003. That's why the Tim Schneider FC, which stands for obviously football club, Fußball club um the German word. It's a German club, German-based club really. And uh, the '03 stands for the year that we were founded, which is very much traditional for, you know, Schalke '04 or BVB 08, uh zero eight. Uh, There's a reference to all those sports clubs that were formed around the turn of the century back in Germany. That was part of the idea when we were looking for a name for the team.
1: The other Munich club that plays with Bayern.
0: Yep, that's correct. 1860 Munich.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear, and, uh, and and hopefully the bar restaurant will come back uh, after the pop up because uh, you know that's what we all love to hear how this club uh, was born and why it was born, and it's just been amazing that you've been around for uh, very for a long time now. What was it? I, I believe what, what uh, twenty years? I believe it is. We're Did you our say? Oh, three
0: anniversary this year. Yeah, we're we're wow. celebrating it at the October Fest this year. Uh in October, early October, uh in Brooklyn at the Fest Set, at the October Fest tent and uh it's gonna be a big party for us, twenty years, yes. Uh, I know that's, that's gonna be a long amazing time for a lot of these clubs that we're playing against. There's a lot longer history in the US but this is when I founded the club in the East Village and uh that's we've been running strong since. This is the first time that we were that we thought that that we were ready for for the uh lamar hunt uh you obviously have to be uh um, organized you have to be good you have to have a history with the league i guess the league vouched for us uh, we made it in um i believe we have a good team we prepared we trained for it uh we did draw a very strong opponent that we're very familiar with And the uh, new york greek americans they have a lot of history in the uh lamar hunt trophy and the uh amateur cup and the u.s open cup and uh that'll be a big game for us
1: oh i bet it will be we'll get to them in just a moment but if i can ask you obviously we all know bundesliga is a very technical league uh the german clubs are very technical it's not just pace uh there's a lot of technical plays move, going on fantastic players do you emulate what goes on in the bundesliga with your club with Schneider?
0: absolutely so my background i am german i'm an immigrant and uh definitely have all that heritage there being german we do favor to play the ball we favor a tactical game we don't just kick and rush um we definitely uh put a huge emphasis on team culture club culture togetherness team geist, um all of that and uh some of the ways uh, for amateur clubs to survive is to be a social club at the same time. And that was very much so when we set out and founded the club, that was very much part of our mantra to have togetherness and to have a social network and to support one another and be together and hang out at the bar, go for a beer afterwards. Um, Nowadays, not that many guys are drinking anymore (laughs) for either (laughs) dietary reasons or wanting to be fit or or religious reasons, whatever. But uh, back then, that was the culture. After games or even after training, you would get together uh, and uh, have a beer. Way back then, even a cigarette. (laughs) Uh, Those days are over, but uh, definitely we're putting a huge emphasis on uh, the beautiful game, for sure. We uh, uh, like to see technical game. Uh, We like to see technical players. Uh, We are picking players, hand-picking players that are very skilled, and we like to move the ball. Uh, We like to be able to slow the game down when needed. We like to be able to go at them when we need. And uh, we definitely play different systems as well. We're not rigid. Uh, We've played uh, at least three or four different systems over the course of the season. So we're remaining flexible that way. I believe uh, for an amateur club that is really important, as you face completely different teams at a given time. Uh, one day you may be an underdog, another day you may be just much stronger than, than your opposition. So you got to react no, to that. And we definitely, Not, hmm? definitely train that and we're aware of that and definitely come with that tradition of looking at clubs in Germany. Uh, I'm from Hamburg. Uh, unfortunately, my club currently is in the second division, but we're looking at you know, uh, what is going on at Dortmund or at Leverkusen or at Bayern Munich, certainly, and other clubs in Germany, for sure.
1: Absolutely, and why not uh, emulate those great clubs? Especially, I'm sorry about Hamburg, obviously, but still, though, I mean, they were a great club probably back in the day, so I'll never uh, count them out, but uh, hopefully things will change. They'll get promoted back to the uh, top division, but still, though, it's just absolutely this wonderful. This the year they're in to... first place, so looking good. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You'll, you're will you <laughs> going to celebrate if you qualify for the Open Cup, and then you'll celebrate when Hamburg gets promoted back to the Bundesliga. Why not? Go for your own double. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Th- throw in an
1: EPSL title in there, and, and, and that'll make me happy. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm going to write that down. So let me get my – okay. <laughs> Winning – Oh, the trouble for Alex. Got it. So, <laughs> um, what, what makes the Cosmopolitan League? For those of us that are not from New York City, what makes the Cosmopolitan League such a dangerous league? And how tough is and how tough are these clubs from New York City, Northern New Jersey, Southern Connecticut, uh, depending on how far up or down uh, these opponents you play against all the time.
0: So the team that I coach and the team that entered the uh, Lamar Hunt uh, Trophy, the uh, US Open Cup qualifying rounds, uh, is actually playing in the EPSL, the Eastern Premier Soccer League. So we're one level above Mm -hmm. the Cosmopolitan League. Our reserve team plays in the first division Cosmopolitan. Um, But Mm -hmm. definitely those leagues are alike, and there's obviously promotion and relegation, but... uh, what does make these teams strong so for sure there's a huge pool of players huge pool of talent that you can uh, go back to right uh, new york city being mm-hmm. what like 12 million people or 9 million people 12 million during the day um it, it there's certainly a huge uh pool of players that you don't get somewhere in rural america uh that's when they have to attract players to come there we can pick from a much bigger pool of players so there's a constant as much as new york is a transient place and people come and go people do come and uh we have seen that over the years that we have some great talent go through the club and not just our club but all sorts of teams within the community of the cosmopolitan league and the eastern premier soccer league and uh mm-hmm. i think then throwing the grit and the toughness, the elbow city, you know, having to fight for yourself, survival, all of that, uh, definitely being a competitive place in itself, by itself, um, I guess contributes to, to guys just playing an aggressive style in general. So I think that when you look at success recently of like the New York Precipians, the, uh, New York Greek Americans and Lansdowne Yonkers. um, they have had great success in both the Amateur Cup, the Flicker Cup, or the uh, U.S. Open Cup, the Lemohan Trophy qualifying rounds. Mm. And I think that's due to those facts.
1: Not very true. Really quickly, please, uh, preview this match against the Greek-Americans, like you said. Uh, they're going to be a tough nut to crack. What do, we, what do we have to be worried about against Greek-Americans?
0: Well, they're they a very strong club. They've been there. They have the confidence. They have very good players. They have a bigger budget than we do. Um, they come with a lot of experience and a lot of confidence. Um, our slight advantage, I guess, is the absolute excitement about being part of it for the first time. Um, that can certainly come with a certain amount of naivete, maybe. But uh, I would think that we're prepared. Um, we're very motivated. We're fit. We're ready. And we're playing at home. So, you know, home field advantage. is not like, uh, Liverpool visiting Real Madrid or Man United going to, uh, Borussia Dortmund. It, it is more like, you know, your spot, you know, where the bathrooms are, you know, you know, uh, how to get there, how to be on time, you know, what the grass or the artificial turf feels like, um, You know, very much the size and the surrounding of it, uh, you just feel comfortable. And and I I guess, if anything, size of the field is maybe an advantage or disadvantage uh, at a given time. Um, Other than that, you know, there'll be maybe 100 people watching. It's not like we have huge crowds that come to see these games. So as far as the um, home advantage, it's not huge, but we like to play at home. We have a very beautiful field uh it's right in the east uh, river for those who don't know rosewood island is a part of manhattan but it is an island a very thin strip very beautiful uh you see queens on one side and you see manhattan on the other side the field is facing the manhattan side so you're sitting there or coaching watching uh with manhattan's uh skyline right behind the field uh there's the big ships passing by, so it's, it's, it's quite a sight. It's very beautiful. We like to play at home, and I want to say last season, all season long, I believe we only lost one game at home. So we have a very good record at home, and I think all other teams visiting us know that. So I think that the New York Greek-Americans are definitely favorites for this game, and they will feel that way. However, I think they have a good portion of respect for our club, We're known to play very technical ball. We have incredibly talented players on board, and we're very disciplined. And uh, I think that while the New York Greek-Americans are the favorites, I still say that chances are 50-50 to move forward. So hopefully, you know, as, as always, you need a little bit of luck. You need maybe one or two decisions by the ref go your way rather than the other way. And uh, those can sometimes make make the difference.
1: Absolutely, Alex. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, good luck in your opening round match against the New York Greek Americans. That'll be on Sunday, September the 10th, 8 o'clock. So head over to Roosevelt Island if you want to check them out, and hopefully there will be a stream. Once again, Alex, thank you for your time. Good luck, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon.
0: Thank you so much. There is a stream. It's on Coach's Corner. You can find that on YouTube. It'll be live.
1: All right. Have a good night, and thank you once again.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Take care. Thank you. Alex, thank you. Take care. Alex Burscheid, Zum Schneider FC 03, as they're getting ready for their Open Cup uh, run. And as they get ready to move on, we're going to move on to our uh, next guest's Now, before I introduce them, I thought I entered one of them in, and I think I might have made a boo-boo, so let me... Oh, there he is, good. He came back. I was trying to bring in my... uh This is uh, the next club that we will now introduce. These gentlemen represent Virginia Revolution Pro. On the phone with me right now, Alexander Dexter and Seth Kane of the club Virginia Revolution Pro. Gentlemen, welcome to tonight's show and how are you?
2: Good, good. How are you doing?
1: Doing very well. Thank you for joining me tonight and congratulations uh, taking the invitation. You're going to attempt to qualify for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Um, Alexander, I want to go to you first. What does this mean to you when your club says, we're going to go for it, we're going to make an attempt to go through all four rounds, hopefully to reach that opening round to, qual- to qualify for
2: 2024? Well, then it's, uh, it's an amazing experience from, uh, for any of the guys on the team. I'm pretty sure maybe one or two of us have been able to have the opportunity to say you've participated in the Open Cup. And it just shows the ambition of the club. We're trying to go places. You know, we're very ambitious. We want to get this team to a somewhat professional level at some point in the future. So, you know, everyone here, the the Revolution family, are very excited to see what, where this road takes us. Absolutely.
1: And, uh, Seth, if I can go to you, uh, just what memories do you have either watching the Open Cup, either at a match, you know, the current technology with the streams, um, maybe you were also once a part of playing in an open cup match for an amateur side locally in the Virginia area. What does that mean to you as a player as well?
3: Yeah, Dan, uh, this will actually be my first open cup I've played in personally. So I'm super excited for that. But, um, yeah, I've been watching um, on the streams online, uh, the past couple years obviously just love the sport in general so i'm always involved in that but it's just super exciting to me my favorite thing is in the underdogs or the clubs that you've never heard of before uh competing against these bigger clubs and the smaller names being able to actually get a chance to perform on this platform and make a name for themselves and that's what we're hoping to do this year with uh, virginia revolution and being in the our first open cup
1: Absolutely. Alexander, for those of us that are not familiar with your club right now, where is the club located in Virginia, and are you closer to the Washington, D.C. area, or are you further south or further
0: west?
2: We are further west. We are actually located in Loudoun County. We are probably a mile from the Leesburg Airport, so you'd have to travel an hour west of D.C., which is perfect for us because we have our own fans. Aside from you know DC United, people who want to come out here and get some quality soccer, they don't have to travel very far. So.
1: No, that's that's excellent. And uh, I'm assuming, do you use the same stadium where Loudoun United plays, or you have your own place, Alexander?
2: So we actually have our own uh, own facility. It used to be Evergreen. Now we've taken over and we've renamed it uh, Virginia Revolution Soccer Club. It is – we have a great facility here. We've got two, or 3,000 seats available in our stands. We're trying to make this a professional-like environment. We have uh, our own locker room. We have our own gym. We have our own training facility, things like that. So, yeah, completely
1: aside from Lauda United. It's our own thing over here. That's absolutely fantastic to hear, and hopefully you'll expand the uh, the attendance numbers and uh, get more butts in those seats, or maybe make more seats to bring in more butts. We'll see what happens there. Seth, if I can go to you now, um, what wh- who is your head coach, and what type of style does he like to play with you guys? What's your... What's the best tactics that you think fits uh, both you and Alexander's uh, uh, attacking or defending? Maybe even p- more possession-based style. What what is Virginia Pro's? Uh, excuse me, Virginia Revolution's um, favorite way to play?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so our coach is Michael Alvarado. Um, he's our head coach, and he's phenomenal to be able to work with and work under uh, to play for. Um, we are. We are a new club, so we started this year with the, the pro side of things, so with the UPSL team. Uh, so we are still finding our identity, but I would definitely classify us as a possession-based team. We, we want the ball at our feet. We want to play with the ball. Um, we want to be able to be creative and um, build the play out of the back um, and, and play a more entertaining side of soccer than just what I would call kickball. We don't want to just kick it up and chase after it. So we like to have the ball, we like to possess, use our midfielders. Um, Alexander and I actually both play on the right side. He's the right wing and I'm the right back. And we love to be able to be creative together, find combination plays and get our fullbacks into the attack.
1: No, that's absolutely fantastic to hear. And... Uh... Alexander, for those of us that are not familiar uh, with your club, uh, what conference or division does the Virginia Revolution play in, in UPSL? And how difficult of that conference division uh, is it so far against you, for you guys? So actually, we, um, we
2: changed leagues. We used to be in a different league. And the funny thing is as um as I'm talking about this league, we were champions of the last league and we had to ask the UTSL to get into harder competition. So we ended up moving to the DMV north east. We it's hard to explain, but it's actually, it's very, it's very funny. So we, we just want to be as competitive as possible. Right. And we understand mm-hmm. that East D C there's going to be so much harder competition. And so the now, whole goal mm-hmm. was, whole goal was to put us, even though we're going to have to drive farther, the whole goal was to put us in the hardest competition possible so that we expose our players to the highest level so that we can develop.
1: So what league were you in before you made the move to the UPSL?
2: We were in the DMV south, east, or southwest, I'm sorry. Now we're in the DMV northeast. So now we're playing teams closer to Arlington, closer to uh, Alexandria, um, central D.C., as opposed to going out to West Virginia, you know, um, going up to North the Maryland and things like that. So we're trying to stay compact in the DMV, the DC area, which that's where most of the higher level
1: soccer is. Absolutely. Seth, if I can bring you back in, um, has your coaches – or have you as well scouted these new, uh, your new opponents in the UPSL in the DMV? And uh, what have you seen, uh, if you have scouted, what have you seen from your new opponents now getting ready for the fall season?
3: Yeah, so uh, a lot of the guys on our team are, well, some of the guys are local, so they've played with guys on these uh, clubs or um, played against them before. So we do have some information on them. Um, and I I like to use, you were talking about the access of technology now, being able to watch streams of your opponents is an amazing way to prepare for games. So I've been trying to get involved in that. Um, the competition is definitely going to be at a higher standard. I would probably say that these new clubs that we're going to be facing, um, they enjoy playing with the ball at their feet more as well, which will, um, be nice competition because as i already said we love to have the ball at our feet too so it'll be a nice battle back and forth to see who can maintain the ball and um, hold on to it longest and ultimately create those chances to find the goal scoring opportunities but uh yeah super
1: excited for the new conference we're in and
3: facing some new opponents and uh yeah, just ready to keep going into our season
1: That sounds great, and hopefully it's going to continue on to be a a good learning experience for you guys, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to be successful. Now, obviously, you're not going to worry about it this year because you'll have an opportunity next year in the spring season, but with with, with, uh, AS Frenzy winning the spring season championship, the UPSL, Seth, now has an automatic spot for the first round of the Open Cup. What are you going to be aiming for for next year in the spring season when 2024 rolls, rolls along?
3: 100%. Yeah, um, I would say that all of us here at, on my team at Revolution were pretty disappointed that we didn't make it farther into uh, the league playoffs because, as Dexter already said, we did end up winning our conference. Um, and then just as playoffs go, we just got unlucky in uh, the semifinals for the conference playoffs. Uh, to continue into the Nationals and the UPSL. But, yeah, we are definitely going to be looking at making a run into Nationals um, this coming season and chasing that spot to the automatic qualification for that Open Cup. Very true.
1: Alexander, you know, when you see the four rounds – for qualification for the Open Cup, and obviously it's a daunting task. Every match is going to be life and death, obviously. You know, you want to make sure you're always on the front foot, and you always want to make sure you're going to go out there and give it your all, and there's no doubt about that. But, you know, when when you talk to, not just with Seth, but the rest of your teammates and, you know, family, friends, supporters of the club, when you tell them, that you're going for the Open Cup. You want to make it through all four rounds and get to that first round draw to get that first moment of Open Cup uh, fantasy. What, what does that mean to you? And what does it mean to everyone else that is associated or supports that club?
2: Oh my God, it's huge for the club. You know, it's, it's almost a, you don't want to sound like you're bragging, you know, oh, we're in the Open Cup because not a lot of teams in the country get to say that, you know? So for us, we're just going to humbly take it step by step and give it our all. You know, we, um, we understand that when we're going through this competition, we're most likely going to be looked at as the underdogs. You know, we've only been around for the pro team has only been around for, for, for a year. The, the club has only been around for about five years. Right. So, it's not a lot of history behind us, and everyone is going to look down on us going into every match. Um, we're just going to use that as fuel. But at the same time, we're very, very excited to be here. We we have uh, bent toes down and our heads in the sky as well, you know?
1: Absolutely. I can't wait for that. Seth, if I can ask you this. Now, obviously, the last amateur club that had a hell of a run, Back in 2017, 2018, was the club out of Maryland, which is Christos FC. Uh, they had a magical run all the way to the fourth round proper. Mamadou Kance, with that amazing free kick goal, making it 1-0 on DC United before uh, they leveled it at half, and then, of course, the dam broke late in the second half. But is that what you want to try and emulate? Is Christos FC considered... Uh, i wouldn 't say the gods, but at least you know the level they reached to where the Rochester rhinos did back in one thousand nine hundred and ninety nine winning the whole shebang
3: yeah, I mean uh, making it that far is obviously our goal, and even beyond, um, that was an absolutely phenomenal run by them that year and they're they 're a great squad, a great side um, i 've played against them before in this area. Um, but, yeah, so I I do think that's what we're looking to achieve um, with Revolution here. We want to make it as far as we can, um, play against some good sides, get our name out there, and make a name for ourselves. That's, that's all, always the goal, right? Try to just compete and win as much as we can.
1: Absolutely, and I can't wait to see that. Gentlemen, let's preview now your first-round opponent. I do not need to say any more, hawks they are one of the top amateur clubs in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Uh, they have battled in Open Cup uh, tournaments in the past. They've qualified for the Open Cup in the past as well. Had a hiccup here and there in recent years, but still, though, they are one of the top amateur sides in your area. Alexander, you first, and then, Seth, I want your uh, opinion as well after Alexander is finished. What does the club need to do to beat the Hawks to get to that next round?
2: Well, you can say that we have answers here and we know exactly what to do, but we we've been together for about a year now and we build an identity and we believe that we held true to that identity. Like Seth said earlier, we like to play. We like to maintain the ball, keep possession. We're not a direct long ball type of team. So we're going to enjoy utilizing the ball to create spaces for ourselves you know, tire out the other team, possession-based soccer. So for us, we're not going to change our style based on how they play. We're going to hold true to ourselves and keep our style of soccer. We're not going to, you know, last-minute changes from a week from looking at film. We believe in how we play, and we believe that's our way to win.
3: Yeah, uh, just to add on that, I completely agree with what Dexter said there. Um, We've been training tough these past couple weeks, um, preparing ourselves for not only our fall UPSL season, but also this uh, first Open Cup game we have coming up this weekend. Um, I believe we're going to be ready for that. Uh, We're going to be ready to compete. Um, We're super excited to be able to hold it at our home stadium, at Revolution Sportsplex. Uh, We'd love to have as many fans come out as possible just to be there for some good soccer and also support us. Um, and anyone that's wanting to pop in on the stream, we have uh, our Instagram is VA Revolution Pro. Um, all the information about the game and the stream will be posted on there. But yeah, I couldn't be more excited to play in this first game and uh, especially be able to play it at our home field. I'm um, just looking forward to it.
1: That match will be on Saturday, September the 9th, once again, at the Virginia Revolution Sportsplex in Leesburg, Virginia, at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Go there or watch it on the stream on their website. Alexander Dexter, Seth Kane, thank you both so much for joining me tonight. Good luck in your Open Cup qualification round this upcoming weekend, and hopefully you'll make it to the next round. Once again, gentlemen, thank you for your time, and good luck.
2: Thanks for having us,
3: Dan. Really appreciate
2: it. Yeah, I
1: appreciate it. Great talking to you. All right, great talking to you as well. Once again, Alexander Dexter and Seth Kane, a Virginia Revolution Pro side. And uh, as we will wrap it up here and um, finish off with the Red Bulls uh, segment here, as they were destroyed for one, just quickly say this. And you'll also hear me talk about this as well on the Red Bull News Network pod with Anthony Merced. Um, cause I don't want to ruin it, but, uh, I want you to go on that pod and, uh, check it out there and we'll, Anthony Merced will let everyone know uh, where to go to, uh, to listen to our podcast. Um, after the second goal was scored by the union and everything fell apart, I understand why everyone's upset and believe me, I didn't like it either. Did I think they quit? No. But it's not a good look. But for 57 minutes, you have to say this, and this is the truth. They did attack. And they were defending. And they did play strong. But once again... I understand that the Union are a better team than them. I know the Union has the Red Bulls number, and yes, the Rebels are not looking good this year. That is all true. I am not dismissing it because the truth is that is what we saw. But in this match, in this particular match, once again, why is it that the New York Rebels have to face not only the Revolution, excuse me, the Philadelphia Union, and the referees? The referee was absolutely poor. And if you're saying, why are you complaining, guys? You stink. You're you're terrible. They have every right to complain because the referee did not. And I repeat, gave soft yellows to the Red Bulls. Sean Neal's first yellow was soft. I don't know what happened with Reyes, why he got his yellow, but that was soft. We know Amir Fernandez got a yellow due to due to dissent. Troy got his yellow because he was arguing what was going on. Sean Nealis gets shoved by Carranza and was forced to, to play that as a handball. Because the foul should have happened on Carranza, not on the hand not the yellow card, second yellow card. And then red, it's send them off because that's not reviewable on VAR because it had to be a straight red, not second yellow into red. That's when VAR is not available. When it's a second yellow into a red card. And even though they got started off on the right foot to start the second half and they were attacking. Why is it when Frankie Amaya, and it was a foul, I'm not complaining, it was a foul. Why was the foul, the spot of the foul, not where the free kick should have happened? Because the spot of the foul was closer to the far side touchline than where the free kick was delivered. The referee should have told the union player, back it up, back to where the foul was. And that's why they got that second goal. That's why it all came crushing and crumbling down. Yeah, the Red Bulls should have complained. The assistant should have informed the referee, hey, listen, tell them to move back. Did not happen. Once again, the Red Bulls are bad. But the referee does not need to help the union to prove to the Red Bulls that they're bad. The referee, once again, handed the union the full three points. Because we don't know what was going to happen in this match. Granted, I previewed this on the Red Bull News Network podcast saying it's a 2-1 loss to the Union because I thought the Rebels were not going to play well. No, they played well until the goal happened and then everything just fell apart. When you're down a man. And I understand you can't blame injuries all the time, and that's true. But the point is, they did have injuries. That is part of the problem here. Not the whole situation, but it's a part of it. I don't, you know, there's only so much Troy Lestain can do. He got his guys ready to go. They were ready to go. Everything was fine until the fraudulent yellow cards were coming out of nowhere. And the twice that Andreas Reyes fouled. Two different players at two different times. I thought the referee was going to pull out his second yellow card. No, he gave him, he gave Reyes a talking to twice. Because to be honest with you, I was expecting him to put the Red Bulls down the nine men. Didn't happen. So once again, Mark Geiger, you and your three-headed panel, running pro, needs to find a way to fix – These issues with how these officials are not doing their jobs. Once again, do the union deserve to win the match? Absolutely. I'm not taking that away from them. But the referee does not need to help out the union take the full three points. The union can do it all on their own. It's ridiculous. It is pathetic. And it's just downright bad. That's all I'm saying. The union can do it all on their own. They are able to do it on their own. They don't need help from the referee, and that's what happened. Soft, soft, soft. Foul should have been on Carranza so that the second yellow didn't come on Sean Nealis, And now Sean Nealis is suspended after the international break at New York City FC, and so is Troy Lesane because Troy Lesane was correct no matter how much you want to argue or you believe that Troy was complaining or the rebels are complaining the truth is they were right because the referee was disgusting the red bulls can fail all on their own they don't need any help from the officials but now seven matches remaining when they come back from the national break and they really need to tighten it up and move forward and try and get over that playoff line. If not, look, it's over. Get ready for 2024. So I want to thank my guests tonight. I want to thank Alex Berscheid from Zoom Schneider FC03. And I also want to thank Alexander Dexter and Seth Kane from Virginia Revolution Pro. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. This Friday... It will be an afternoon show as I'll be talking with Miss Susan Petroselli on her book, Raised a Warrior, on her life, loving the sport, following the women's national team, the, World, the women's World Cup games, college soccer career, and, of course, special projects involving women's soccer. We're going to get you everything that you want this coming Friday. Uh, it will be at 2 o'clock Eastern. Um, 11 a.m. Pacific, so get ready. Let's have some fun, and it's going to be a fun show. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight, and as always, please enjoy your football, and don't forget, international break, USA men's national team post-game shows on Saturday against, Uz- against Uzbekistan, and then on Tuesday night, the following Tuesday night, against Oman. Have a good night, take care so long, and bye-bye for now. And as always, please enjoy your football.